Welcome to Starting Stalls, a couple of weeks off, and uh, we're back. I had to do it. I actually couldn't help myself. I had to, I had to say we're back. We're back. Um, because we are, and uh, we we missed out last week, Daryl, because it was chaos with loads going on with the Ebor Festival at York. Um, you've been pretty busy. I see lots of blogs going up, lots of tips, good, bad, and different. What are we saying? It's been okay, to be fair. It's uh, sort of head above water for a little bit at times um, this month, but it's been a very profitable month. York was actually okay. We did all right. Um, a little bit gutted with one of them. We'll talk about that in a minute with a dead heap of Albert Shear. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. You highlighted that horse for ages. You get half a point for that, not a whole one. Oh, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. But we'll get onto that in a minute. But yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good week. We're doing all right. We get we're getting by, we're profitable, so that's what all that matters. I'd be quite interested to know what the scores on the doors are at the moment because I I think over the last two weeks we've had a few of our eye catchers out and about. So what are yeah. the scores on the doors? Any more winners? Yeah, you've had a you've had a few. Look, we both had relief rally at York, obviously. Okay, yeah. Um, you you put in a, an eye catcher in this week to talk about, which was a horse called Inquisitively. But you yeah. already put that horse on the list ages yes. ago. Yeah, like the second week. So that was a winner for you. Task Force. She scores! <laughs> Task Force as well, uh, who won at Ripon. Um, Did I pick that up? Yeah, you put that horse up. Um, I put that up in my column as well this week. Oh, that yeah, one. Your trophy. Yes, yes, I remember. He won at Salisbury. I did put him... Oh yes, Meg on fire. Yeah, so look, you've had a few losers as well, but we won't go into that. So you, you've done you've done really well, particularly with those uh, with those two year olds. So yeah, smashing. I had in Besto win at Salisbury. Yeah. yeah. Um, relief rally Ooh, also. You had a lot of dead heats. I have had a lot. Of, can you bloody believe it? In Besto <laughs> dead heats and Albashir dead heats. Like, what's the chances? Like two in the last two weeks. That's yeah, unheard of. Effort. That's a good effort. Yeah, I don't know but... whether we should double your point. No, that's stupid. I was going to say I don't know whether we should double your points because like that is literally the rarest thing ever, or whether we should give you a half a point each. But I'm thinking, tactically, for my own good, we should give you half a point each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I reckon we should just say a winner's a winner. Um, okay. Although I've got a little story about my mates later on about Albus here, so perhaps a winner's not a winner. But Sweet William was narrowly close for me in Ebor as well, so yeah. it's been a loss. But I thought the ground was probably quick enough for him, but he still ran a massive race. Yeah, he did. Cracking week at York, though. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I was working there on the Saturday, so the, the Ebor day itself, I was there. I was very happy leaving with the money to buy my fillet steak that evening, having backed inquisitively. So I was, um, yeah, I was, I was on good form. Um, and uh, I suppose the only thing about York this week that frustrated me slightly was like the track positioning. And mm. it's something that I just, I just don't really understand because it seems to be something that gets more exaggerated as the week goes on. And certainly by the Saturday, it's, it was like it was heavy ground. I mean, they were coming off of the, the bend turning into the straight and it was just like a beeline for the sandside rail and often we see your you know whoever's making the running head towards the middle and that they fan out doesn't end up being too many hard luck stories but they were going right over to the sand side and i think in a couple of races the winners did come from there but then in a couple of races they also came from the middle and standard i mean when it's sort of good 
to firm good ground. I just can't believe that there's that much of a track bias. I don't know what you think. I, yeah, I no. guess it must be frustrating if you've backed one that ends up having no luck in running on a track which is wide enough for 10 double-decker buses. Yeah, it's very strange. It is annoying. Um, a lot of races, they spin round on that far side row and, and stick to that row and... You know, it's hard to come from off the pace there. And the other races, they were coming, like you say, like, like in the e for example, they come right over to that far side. And I suppose it, it, it's indifferent, really, because if you're drawn high, you don't mind them coming over that side because you're saving a bit of ground, I suppose. Um, but if you're drawn low and you're sort of, they're all converging over to that far side, you'll, you'll run it like Sweet William was, I suppose, was left in the middle of the track, perhaps with no cover. Um, but then there's hard luck stories on on that rail as well. I don't know. It's very very strange. But then why, like, why do they do it in the first place? That's why I don't understand. Because there isn't, there is, there's not a track bias when the ground is good, good to firm ground. I, I just don't. When riding the track, when you swing off off that bend, it does kind of naturally take you off of the far rail and more towards the middle of the track, which is traditionally where jockeys have always gone. And like I say, then they fan out either to the left or the right side of the leader, depending. But it was very much, and, and it was apparent in the first race that um, on the Saturday, Ryan Moore aboard Nostrum, he he really made a conscious effort of getting over to the stand mm. side. Again, in the evil, the whole way over. But I just didn't really understand why why not the middle. I just didn't... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I suppose Kev's probably the best person to ask that, not not me. Yeah, I don't understand. Kind of frustrated by it also. Does he? But yeah, but I suppose when you're in a race and you're, you know, you're in the middle of the pack, then you're taken where the pack goes. You can't just wipe people out just because you want yeah. to go out the middle. So you, you take you you go where the race takes you. So it is a, it is literally a case of whoever's setting the pace is deciding where you're going on the track. Then yeah. essentially, and I understand that people walk That's the track and there was a bit of a, stri- a fresh strip down that standside rail. But I mean, a, a fresh strip enough for about one horse. Um, Mm. And like, like we saw actually in the strength, when Danny Tudor stayed towards the middle of the track on his own, on flight plan, I mean, he wasn't beaten far at all. And I don't yeah. think he would have finished any closer if he'd have switched over. So, and had that, had flight plan been the favourite, everyone would have followed Danny, but it was the outsider. So they followed Nostrum and Ryan yeah. He was so, crap, wasn't he? Well, he did pull up lane. So obviously something's amiss there. I think he's a bit of a frustrating. Yeah. I think he's a bit of a dodgepot personally. Well, He's a bit of a cliff horse, isn't he, really? But um, he, when they pull up lame, you know, Ryan Moore was not wrong by looking down, feeling something went wrong, looking after the horse. Mm. Clearly something was amiss. Um, we haven't heard to what extent that, that is. But when they do pull up with obviously an apparent problem, I suppose you are a little bit more forgiving. Um, yeah. yeah. he that's is a true. frustrating horse. Yeah. He's just, I just don't know what to do with him. Even on his previous runs, I'm... I can't work out whether he's a mile or he's a seven furlong horse. Where yeah. he can just going to middle distances, I don't, I don't really know. So, yeah. um, he's one just to leave aside, I think, for now. I um, actually, while we're on that race, my one of my eye catches was um, from the strength, and that was El Drama. Um, I wanted to to add him. Normally, I go for the for the younger horses, don't I? But I wanted yeah. to add him to my to my list because I think there's a big one in him. Very shortly, uh, he ran a huge race at York. He ran a huge race before that at Haydock on stable debut behind LRC. And he obviously was a pretty good top-level performer for Roger Barron, but he did lose his way a bit. And obviously going to Carl Burke seems to have 
sort of giving him a new lease of life. He's a little bit rejuvenated. And I just think that in a minute, when he gets a bit more cut in the ground, which he loves, and possibly over further, which he does stay, then I think he's going to land a a nice race in a minute. Um, He's just looks back to his old self and I think that he's one I'm going to be on side with in the in the coming months I I think he could have a nice autumn campaign yeah I, I would agree actually because I wrote up when I wrote up the race I fancy Jimi Hendrix in the race when I wrote the race up I didn't think that he liked York in two previous runs at that venue really didn't show anything as uh, uh, you know he didn't show anything at all at that at that particular track but this was different so perhaps you're right, perhaps he is back to his old self now and perhaps mm. that stable switch has really sparked him up. So I would agree to keep him on side, definitely. Yeah, so that was obviously um, sort of tied in nicely with the, whilst we were talking about the the track and the biases or not biases. Um, but I suppose a couple of races that haven't necessarily been discussed in much depth that we both wanted to bring up. One is, well, the start with the Wednesday, Equilateral. Mm. I don't know if you did back him or not, but that old, one of our favourite go-tos, dropping down in grade, has been running in listed and graded, down to a handicap. I mean, he only just managed to get away with it, but it was nice to see his head back in front. He did, and he showed a great attitude as well to Mm. stick his long neck out there. It was a great ride by Jamie Spencer. Just Just a really nice nice horse like he's been so consistent over the years like he threatened to be this sort of superstar but he never quite really got there you know and mm. uh it's it's good for him to have his big day because he's been the bridesmaid so so often and like you say that dropping grade just into karma waters there um i think really suited him and i think i think it suits him coming from off the pace i think jamie spencer's a great rider for him because he likes to sm- cover him up if you go back and watch the majority of his best runs it's when he's been smuggled into a race mm-hmm. uh, produced late so yeah he's he's a lovely horse uh, look he's he is what he is but it, we're just saying that i think the dropping grade was was very key to him there to, to i think it'd be tricky through. to place now because he's, yeah. he's you know he's top weight in those handicaps and He's not quite at the top level in the in the group races anymore, so he's going to be tricky. But he got his day in the sun again. Um, you also liked Continuous on the Wednesday, who you thought had potential bigger aims at the end of season. Yeah, I think he might be going. Well, I'm not sure where he's going to go because straight after the race, Ryan um, Aiden or Ryan, one of the two said. Aiden said that Ryan said that he may not need a mile six. Right. Um, so the St. Ledger, obviously, is four to one on the Betfair Sportsbook for the St. Ledger, which is, you know, worth just highlighting because he's not necessarily going to go. I thought the run, <clears throat> I thought the run of Gregory was very strange. I thought the interview with John Gosden after the race was very strange as well. Right. Mm. It's like John Gosden gave this interview after the race about Greg because because what happened was Frankie Dottori went off far too hard on Gregory, ridiculously too quickly. The sectionals are just unsustainable for him to do that and then he just fell back in fell back into the lap and then sort of ran on again now there's this sort of notion when a horse is when a horse stays a mile six and they drop back to a mile four i've seen it so many times where jockeys feel the need to sort of stretch the stamina out of their rivals by going too quick over a mile four it just doesn't work you know you're best off winding the pace up in my opinion but frankie gave this very uh John Gosling gave this very weird interview after saying how happy he was with the run. Like it was, this was a prep, nothing more than a prep run for the St. Ledger. 
And like I'm sitting there thinking, the, the guy's gone off at a shade of odds on or whatever he was, or, or ten to eleven he was for most of the morning. And you, you're standing there saying how happy you are with the run, like it's a prep, like it's a prep run. Surely this is a race in itself, like yeah. I just thought it was very strange. I thought it was very defensive of him, and that's not normally John Gosling's way. And I, I, yeah, it was weird. But in terms of continuous, he just picked up the horses. It, he ran behind King of Steel, didn't he, at Ascot? And he was absolutely no match for that horse. Like, like even when you watch it back, it was just like there's no way that King of Steel, a big horse like that, should have been able to outspeed continuous. Off those slow sectionals at Ascot, but he did it and he did it effortlessly. That would just be in the back of my mind with Continuous that he just might not be this classic horse that people think he is. Uh, okay. And this race set up extremely well for him. So, yeah, one worth noting, but maybe not for a positive reason. What are we, what are we thinking, uh, King of Steel, August Rodan, Irish Champion Stakes next weekend? I would be with King of Steel. I just think I just think August Rodan at the moment has got a bit of an unreliable profile. I like the fact that they've given him a break because, as we mentioned before, he might be it might be that he's a light framed horse and he doesn't take his racing very well, so he might just need breaks between his racing. The reports on his work, August Rodan's work, has been very good, but they always are from, from, yeah. that, from that yard. Um, I just think King of Steel's done nothing wrong and he's improving, and you don't have to make too many excuses for him. And at this stage in their careers, I don't want to be making excuses for them, uh, you know, yeah. horses. So I'd be, I'd be with him. Yeah, that'd be um, a, a good weekend next weekend. We've got loads on. Obviously, we've mm. got the um, Sprint Cup, Betfair meeting. Yeah. Um, we've also got great racing over in Ireland, Irish Champions Weekend. We've got Group 1 action in Longchamp, I think it is, on the Sunday. It's jam-packed next weekend, Is I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Um, a couple more to mention from York, though. Uh, Ropey Geth was one of yours. that um, <laughs> From King of Steel, yeah, the Group 1 superstar, to Ropey Guest. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a superstar in some people's eyes. Um, certainly in George Margerson and the, and the teams, uh, especially... The two daughters of Rosie and Katie, they absolutely adore this horse. Um, but he was winner of the Clip of Logistics, and I want to know why you flagged him up. He's just like this horse is just, I love this horse, right? He's a, he's a nightmare to back as a punter, but like the key to him could really be the fact that he likes to run around a bend. Now, I know it sounds ridiculously silly, but he's three from four when running around a bend and his only defeat came at York in the Malcolm or the Acom, the Acom thing. Um, and, but it recorded his highest RPR of that entire season. He's now like got a tremendous record coming around a bend three for four. Like you see him at Goodwood the other week when he bolted up, like he was, the Acom, the Malcolm's at Goodwood. You've just that's sorry, true. yes, that's sorry, just, yeah, yeah, yeah the Acom, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but I just, I would just keep an eye on him running around a bend. He's got such strong handicapping form, like for, for season upon season. Like, get this horse away from those straight tracks at Ascot. I know that's where connections like to go and that for a day out, etc. But get him away from those straight tracks at Ascot and just start running him around a bend. And I tell you, he'll have more victories in him. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's quirky, but uh, I, I actually think Tom Queeley he knows him so well now that he gets a great tune out of him. Um, but he didn't uh, know him well enough to run him around a bloody bend. <laughs> that might not be his choice. Yeah, like, that's very true. Um, William Haggis, Tom McCorn had a really good week. Um, one of their winners that was a massive bounce back, Lake Forest. Mm. Quite 
shocking actually in the gym crack because he was turned over at crazy short odds at Newmarket the start before. But William Haggis did not lose faith in this horse and uh, he was quite convincing in the end. Yeah, bet first pit at Newmarket of 1.36. So well, well beaten there. Obviously, William Haggis came out and said that he was very cultish beforehand and playing up um, at Newmarket and things just weren't going right for him. But the market completely dismissed him. I, to be honest, I completely dismissed him. I tweeted about this after the race and got some stick for after time. It wasn't after time, and I was trying to, like, as a punter or as a tipster or someone that studies horse racing, you should always be looking at why a horse has won. You shouldn't just say that horse has won and then just move on and leave it. You should be looking at why he won. And, like, the form lines were there through Big Evs and uh, from his July July stakes, uh, Group 2 at Newmarket, his, his third finish. I guess people lost faith because of the victory in the novice. Yeah, and, and what happened was was that the, the, the novice that beat him, King's Gamble, ends up coming off a, a heavily backed, whatever, four to one shot or whatever he was, and this has gone off at a Betfair SP of 25.6. Mm. Now, I'm a big believer, as Dan Barber, as he mentions on the Race Only Better podcast a few times, that... Um, you, you should always take into account the prices the previous day um, of horses. So I think um, a King's Gamble was a, a much bigger price than eight, nine to one shot in that new market as opposed to a one to three shot for Lake Forest. So, yeah, the form lines were there. Perhaps the forgiveness would have um, would have benefited punters definitely there. But uh, my point with the tweet was that a lot of people will say, oh, it's a shock. It's a turn up in the books. Probably not as much of a shock as the prices suggest it is. Uh, just going through the bare form of of Lake Forest at yeah. times with, with everything else. So, I would still look favourably on that race, and I wouldn't dismiss it just because of the price of Lake Forest. Okay, fine. So, still thinking that it was a pretty solid Jim Crack, nonetheless. Yeah, I think so. Um, and one that I know has caused a good bit of discussion about whether it is solid or not is the none thought. Mm. live in the dream uh what is your opinion on this i know that um a lot of people are sort of thinking well york it's a fast track you can do this on the sprint sprint five at york and get away with it do we think we've got an improver or do we think he has been given an easy easy time things in front and the track and conditions suited I think he's. I think he's. I just think we've got an improver. The right horses finished behind. To be honest, Highfield Princess, Brad Sell, both both there, uh, in second and third. I, I've seen. I, I see because I, I see TC on the um, on the Wade In podcast saying that he, not a chance he's having that this horse improves sort of ten pounds. <laughs> but in the other breath, TC also tipped up Regional in the race, who would have had to improve ten pounds to win the race. So yeah. you know, it's it's a, it's a difficult one because. When Highfield Princess first won her major sort of group race, having come from such a lowly handicap rating, you kind of wouldn't have believed it, and then you wouldn't have believed it the yeah. second. You know what I mean? So you, it was a freak performance. Yeah. So this is only a four-year-old. Don't don't forget, like not I think had four runs on fast ground. Yeah. Um, so like, I wouldn't be quick to say that this is not an improver. Um, still, I love that they're going to go and you know. Grab the bull by its horns, go to America, take yeah. the chance over there. I love that. Yeah, so do I. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Go and do it. Look, I don't think the sprint division, and I, I and I don't think it's been that deep for a few years. Like Highfield Princess has pretty much been dominating. I don't think it's been that deep. So I don't think the standard is is exceptionally high. But on the other hand, 
why 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 isn't this horse in i don't know some the the time figures are there that the race is there it, it's not like it's not like this happened from a pace collapse or uh, some other circumstances where horses were unlucky in the run this was a, a from 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 gates to post victory straight down the line and i, mm. I don't know i don't think you can say it was a, a fluke um you'd like to see the horse do it again obviously but i think we could just have an improvement on our hands yeah, interesting. It is. I agree. I think it is an open division. Whether he's going to be able to remain at the very top of it, will soon be seen. But um, mm. yeah, he. I think he definitely relishes the quick ground, and I think they'll probably or connections will probably be targeting that. Um, I know they were slightly disappointed off after a defeat in Deauville, but then also thought, well, it was a prep and the ground was wrong. So yeah, they're going to get quick ground in America. That is for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um. Another who really enjoys quick round is Spirit Dancer, who did win the strength, which we did touch on. Um, I know that you wanted to just bring him up quickly. He's the only one we kind of didn't really talk about when we talked about the strength. Yeah. So um, I was so happy, mainly because I'm being really biased, but Jed Mason and Sir Alex Ferguson own this horse. Uh, Sir Alex actually bred the horse. So it was a really good story. Um, and I'm, I, Jed was there and I got to see him. He was absolutely delighted that Spirit Dancer managed to win and a horse that is rapidly improving. Yeah, and that is the case with him. He's rapidly improving. Seven of his last eight runs have come at York, which is quite interesting. But, uh, you, like, he's almost virgin with a few people I've seen talk about the horse as a York horse, but I don't think that's the case because I think at Windsor, when he gave all that weight and the handicap on his penultimate start, I think that was his career best effort. So, look, I think he's a, a horse that's, a six-year-old, but he's only had 21 races. Um, and quite remarkably, 12 of his 21 races, he's been in the first two. So like yeah. that's some like some effort. I think this is a horse. Look, I do think that the the race was a soft, soft race, soft, soft group race, to be fair. Um, I didn't really fancy Nostrum on the day. Jimi Hendrix is a bloody strange horse because now he's looking like he wants a mile and a half. Like he's a very, very strange horse. Um L drama, I didn't think would produce the performance he had at Haydock at York, but I think he did. So therefore, I, I would just say that Spirit Dancer is just steadily improving, and and if they can place him correctly, then it, there's a few more victories in him yet as well. So, yeah, um, I I think track form, ground form, massively important there, and again yeah. another one that might be overlooked. He did have to improve, but he did. Um, I've kind of given L drama as a eye catcher already inquisitively i can't have him again because i've already put him down as an eye catcher um, <laughs> he's so smug but um muggy mcsmuggerson yeah why not doesn't happen often uh my other one was Kirst chorister she was my other eye catcher in the e-ball um mm. i thought had she had a rider on board that had york experience i think she would have finished closer um mainly because of the fact that they switched all the way over to the Sandside Rail. Kes Crosser got pushed out of things. And I think had she had someone on board that knew when the... Um, oh. No, I'm not saying he oh. right, position. I'm saying if he had more experience at this in particular track. Because I think that a jockey who had ridden at York Moor would have known when they were going to track over to this Sandside Rail... And possibly he could have been more prepared for it because he did end up getting bullied out of a position. Very catty. 
says you. You slag Joggy on every week. <laughs> oh, like, this, ain't about, hey, this ain't about me. This ain't about me. And then I'm running like, off on you. This person got boxed in. And then he's like, well, this person, well, <clears> they left it way too late. And then like, don't you think that this person, oh, God, do they not walk the track or watch racing at Newcastle? They know that they have to go this way. <laughs> Are you actually joking? All right, all right. Do you want Chaos Chorister on your list, then, yeah? Oh, my God. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just thought she was outpaced, to be honest. Outpaced? Mm. Yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's better from the front. I think she's a grinder. I think when she gets on the front end, she just grind races out. and um, She had a position on the front, and then she lost it. Yeah, because she was outpaced. Um, right, moving on. You need to watch that back. <laughs> and I'm going to get a WhatsApp from you in about an hour's time being like, I've just watched the replay of the Ebor. And you're right. She literally got like completely pushed out of her position and then ran on again. Yeah. Let's see. Anyway. Bagdoor was one <laughs> that I wanted to throw into the mix. <laughs> These are your eye catchers. Yeah, this is one of my eye catchers. Bagdoor. Um, put this horse up uh, just on the, like, the angle. There's a good angle with uh, former Chris Wall horses move into different yards, particularly James Ferguson, who had two other horses, King Mania and. Um, Savrola for the same ownership who won first time out on a after a break long break first time for this yard so it was a good little angle into Bagdor who had previously chased home Trawlerman when we last saw him at Goodwood Trawlerman subsequently went on to win the Ebor so yeah. he's a fairly handicapped horse he ran an absolute screamer perhaps in hindsight the trip of a mile four is short of what he wants up to a mile six surely I haven't seen if he's gone up in the handicap or not just yet but he was off a mark of 88 um he'll be able to get into 0 to 95s I'm assuming uh he was second there at York last week so I think there's a big big pot in him so I'd be keeping an eye on him perhaps at Doncaster or something like that okay and the final one is Ebden Shaddad is that you say Ebden Shaddad yeah that, we'll go with that we'll one keep it quite simple <clears throat> Ebden Ebden Shaddad <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a horse that won for uh, John Gosden, John Daly Gosden. A two year old. You've picked a two year old. Yeah, a two year old at Newmarket uh, last week. Um, this was really impressive. I was really impressed with this. This was by far quicker than the uh, than the hundred grand auction sale race one on the card by Woodhay Wonder. <laughs> Who's rated 88? Uh, geologist in that race was in second rate in 95. He was carrying eight pounds more. It was faster than Lazoo's win in the hopeful stakes. Um, it, there were some good, like, real solid races to compare it to. And this horse won this eff effortlessly. This has got a few. Is that correct? Is he Calix? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I um, think he's a really exciting sire as well. Yep, uh, this has got a Dewhurst entry. He's twenty to one. Obviously, I think he's going to bump into Henry Long. Uh, Henry, yeah, yeah, for Aiden O'Brien. But I'd be very, very surprised if this didn't outrun twenty to one odds. Um, this is, uh, I think, this is a really, really nice horse, and um, I'm going to take a bit of twenty to one actually after this podcast. But he's he's very, very interesting. I would keep him on side. Hmm, interesting. Have you um, given up on your other eye catcher that you mentioned, or? Who was the other one I catch? I meant Marine Wave. Oh yeah, Marine Wave. No, I haven't. This okay. horse, no, I haven't. I'll tell you what. You can have this one still. This was unlucky you... at York. Did you watch this? I this thought you was just another one of mine. Sort of pried it off. I thought you thought, mm, well. No, no, no. I was just getting excited about the Gosling horse. This is enough. This should have bloody won for me at York, right? Oh, you're gonna slug the jockey. Wow. Well... <laughs> no, no, I'll leave this one. I'll leave this one. But she had to drop behind and she had to switch to the right. It was it was um 
identical really to the ride that Tom Mark one gave um, relief rally where she had to drop back, switch out. It was identical, but this horse is very unexposed over five furlongs. The form is very, very strong. She only had a couple of starts over five. She wants a strong pace over five. And this is, this is a winner in waiting next time out because um, she's pretty talented. She went very close behind swing along in a, in a listed race prior to this over six um, at uh, no, at f- over five furlongs at air. They've been running over six, but dropped back to five here at York. Just saw it to such better effect. And this is this is uh, one to keep on side over five furlongs, though. We should have stipulations with these bloody... With these bloody... We put the conditions next to it as well. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we'll end up writing an essay. But that's that's me for this week. That's my, my eye catchers. Okay. Um, obviously, we mentioned that you had some dead heats. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on your frustration with Al-Bashir and also the story that you told us that it wasn't so good for your friends or something? Well, do you know what, right? This, right, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back here because this was a cracking tip, right, Al-Bashir. I've stuck with this horse. Well done, Daryl. Thank you very much. Nope. 20... Yeah, no harm in being smug and all that. <laughs> Smuggy McSmuggers. Uh, 20 to 1, right? Really fucking fancied this horse last week at York, right? Oof. Really, really fancied nice. it. Text told a couple of my mates said back this horse 21 hours Really, really like Neck it. Neck on the line. Neck on the line. Stuck it on the Betfair column. Headline tip. Right. Really looking forward to Recipe it. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. Could not wait. Do you know what? I sat there, watched the race, sat right here watching the race, watching it, doing the whole head bobbing, like trying <laughs> to help him along, you know, help Holly along. Go on, girl. Go on, girl. Get out. Go on, Holly. Go on, girl. Right. And then. She get in my mind, right? She won that race. He won that race. Crossed the line before some again. I honestly would have had the mortgage on it that that horse had won the race, right? And then, and then Nick Luck, Nick Luck is speaking a dead heat into existence. The cameraman says, oh, Nick, in his ear, I think that was closer than it looked. <laughs> Nick Luck's going, oh, hold on, hold on. And I'm thinking, shut up, Nick. Shut up. Stop speaking it to it into existence. Stop it. Stop the manifesting judge, the dead the heat. The would have seen anyway. Right. It's not Lucky's fault. Yeah, no, I know. I know. But at the time, I'm thinking, shut up, Nick. Come on. Just let this be. It is what it is. Let it be what it be. Then they call a dead heat, and I'm absolutely fuming. I'm absolutely deflated. The missus comes behind me. She's been sat in here with me watching it. She celebrated with me two minutes before. She comes up, taps me on the shoulder, and goes, ah, unlucky like that walks out right and i'm like unlucky i've still won one right anyway i picked my phone up and i text my mate and i said oh did you back albashir and he texted me back and said yeah uh dead eat though won it dead eat though won it look look it's lost it's one it's still one right and then i phoned my other mate and say oh did you back did you back albashir he went yeah but i only got half my money for that winning I thought I was going to get more back for that. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. So I've got off this phone <laughs> and I'm now sat here, right? And it feels like I've lost on the horse. A horse I've fancied all week. People are making me feel like I've lost. What, because you only got paid half? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what when, you're promised, when you're promised the world and you only get given <laughs> a portion of it, <laughs> I, I feel their pain. Oh, so yeah, so but it was a good week at York, wasn't it? It was all right. 
other than that. No, it was. It was a good week. Um, York wasn't our only action. It was um, sort of racing here, there and everywhere. But we did have three meetings, crazy, on Sunday. Uh, Goodwood, it seemed as if you needed to be uh, backing horses that were on the pace uh, this weekend at Goodwood because that's where they all seem to be winning. Yeah, really frustrating. Just wanted to mention this towards the end of the show, just because um, I just wanted to let people know that if you're going to review the Goodwood card on Sunday, just basically everything just made the running or sat in second place. So just going, like, I would look at that card and just try and upgrade things that have come from off the pace or have done well to come from off the pace because it was just all the races, just steadily run races and just horses were just quicking away. It was frustrating if you'd back to hold up horse that day like I did. I really fancy bloody Escobar, but... That's a whole other frustrating story. We'll have to save that one for next week. Oh, gosh. What about this weekend? Any that are going to sort of give you your money and a half back? Yeah, well, TC's put one up this week. He's put up a pot of pover at Sandown, and I quite fancied her, and I'm a bit frustrated he's put her up because Ooh, his followers... he beat you to it. Yeah, his, his followers he's do... he's going to get the credit. Yeah, well, no, it's not that. They crash prices. So TC um, can crash a market on a Monday. And uh, oh. she's gone from around 14s into about eights already. So, yeah, a little bit, a little bit upset with that. But I think he's on the right lines there with with Potter Pover. I think she loves Sandown. And um, you haven't got I, another one for us. I have got one, one other one, but I don't want to tell you because it's twenty five to one. And I don't want to put it out this early. Carol, in the week. have you backed but, it already? No, I haven't backed it already. Right. Well, get it up online. You've got your computer in front of you. Back it and tell us. Not as easy as that, Meg. Why? <laughs> Well, I could, I, we can't go into that, but it's not as easy as that. Right, I'll I, I tell you, it might not get declared, but at, it's again at Sandown uh, in the three o'clock. The horse I really like is uh, Dashing Roger at 25 to 1. Dashing Roger. <laughs> Dashing Roger, twenty-five to one. Yeah, uh, back at Sandown, places horses won before. Very well handicapped. Gave firm signs of being um sort of. Have they actually priced priced the race up? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I don't know if we have. A couple of firms have. I won't okay. mention them though. Right. Okay. So um. Darryl's I repeat. Daryl's Daryl's waiting for decks, and then he's going to be like bang on the button. Yeah, I will I'll get the column out as soon as I can for that. <laughs> oh dear, right. Okay, well, there's a couple of tips for Sandown anyway. So between you and TC, you're gonna um, you're gonna be making a few quid and yeah, absolutely cleaning up. Um, well, I think that's about it for this week. Nothing else to add. What about right. you? Oh, just breathe. No, I'm, I'm just let. I'm just calm down after I've let all that frustration out about Al Bashir. So the therapy session. I thought you were about to give us another. I thought you went. I've got another one for you. Oh, no. God, no. I need the rest now. <laughs> well, Sandown is our main action this weekend. Anyway, I am there, so I will very much be looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll find some winners. Blog every day, Daryl, this week? Yeah, Ben Betfair. Get on. Check it out. See if we can have any winners. Hopefully, no no more dead heats. That would be uh, much appreciated. <laughs> and anyone who does get involved, please remember to gamble responsibly. And best of luck for everyone. Hopefully, <laughs> Daryl gets you proper winners. You don't have to go hard. Outrageous. Ah! <laughs>